It's Maddie Fresh on the track up his state. And I'm bringing to you live my boys Alec and Nate, Tequila Ty, Jay Nelly, and Zillin in the building. So kick it back, pour the drink. We chillin' because I'm boozing and bettin' and ballin' like I'm two six in the blue kicks. Watch me move quick. Yeah, it's the blueprint. So who's getting involved? Welcome into the show. This is booze, bets, and ball, baby. And welcome back to Booze, Bets, and Ball. As we have a more uh, pleasant episode this week, I guess a better recap to have because uh, Penn State beat Minnesota 45-17 in a game that I don't know felt close for maybe eight minutes I guess is the best way to put it uh they did the complete opposite of the uh Michigan game this week which was uh very good to see yeah and I'm almost 100% sure that we will get fewer comments uh from the opposing team's fans this week on the YouTube um but yeah, this was a this was a much better game, and this is a much more fun twenty ish minutes than the last time we got together. Yeah, I'm forty four, by the way. So okay, you know, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you didn't have to tell us, but okay. So it's a fact. It's like an objective fact, right? It's no right. hiding All from right. it. So yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed your time away last week while and Tyler and I took care of this. Um, you know, he he was a little more optimistic of them winning by double digits, I think, than I was just because of everything that we saw the week before. But the big thing was the fact that they kind of jumped out early and didn't give Minnesota a chance to run the ball like 60 times like they wanted to. Now, Mo Ibrahim still had 30 touches for 100, 102, 100 something yards like that. But it was not anything that was backbreaking. It was not anything that had a chance to really impact the game because Minnesota just ran the ball, even though they were down, just because I don't think with their backup quarterback, they thought they had much of a chance anyway. They were just trying to get out of there at, you know, by the middle of the third quarter. So I, I they did a way better job against the run. And, you know, it helped that Minnesota was very one dimensional and you could leave the corners out there by themselves. And they, you know, they, to the staff's credit, they did let them do that they did let the corners out there by themselves and they stacked the box and it it worked out well for them this week it did so minnesota first drive was minus four yards second drive was 29 and third drive was minus three um the first and third drives were exclusively mo ibrahim runs um Mm -hmm. the second drive where they actually had a little bit of momentum they they did have a pass mixed in there with a bunch of mo ibrahim runs um, but it was at the Penn State 44 in the second drive where it was third and eight, and they just they gave Ibrahim the ball. And you know, right. they I think they were settling knowing that they were gonna punt because at that time the Penn State offense wasn't doing much either. And then that immediately led to the interception two plays later, where you know, at least as a fan, you, you kind of wonder where it's gonna go. But um, you know, after giving up that field goal, then Penn State really I mean they a, a switch flipped and they they became a juggernaut offense for the last three and a half quarters or whatever. Yeah. You know, that, uh, that deep shot resulted in an interception, but the fact that they even took that shot, I think totally changed this game because Minnesota went back and was, you know, keen that that could happen again. And as we'll probably talk to, it did happen a few more times, but when that happened, all of a sudden, you know, Katron Allen started getting going then right away. And then Singleton started getting going. And the fact that maybe, Minnesota was watching the deep pass a little more, opened up 
lanes for those two guys because early on they did not have much room to work with. And then kind of right after that deep yeah. ball, even though, you know, it was practically a punt, um, it it changed the game actually. And, you know, that, that was the most encouraging thing for me was the fact that they they didn't play afraid, it seemed like, on offense. Like last week against Michigan, it was so conservative. Nothing looked like they were taking a chance. They They more or less were playing not to get blown out and they got blown out anyway. And this week they did the complete opposite. They kind of played to blow someone out and it worked. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It, and um, it, yeah, it was a punt. It was effectively a punt with an incredible return behind it. Yeah. Too, right. So, um, but yeah, taking deep shots. I, I think there was a comment um, uh, that I made on Twitter about this. They going into the game, they had only, um, they only had 18 deep shot attempts on like 156 dropbacks for Sean Clifford just not even counting any of the Drew Lar stuff. Um so that's eleven percent give or take shots of over 20 yards. This game they had six. So they were averaging three a game before and they had six this game. Um two of these resulted in touchdowns and the completion percentage is higher than it was. So they they completed I guess about four of those. So like it, it's just a it's a way different dynamic when you're you know you're willing to take a shot downfield and like you said it opens up a little bit more in the run game and like you know, they're not just looking for for runs or short passes, but now like they have to honor both like play action opens up a lot more too when you're streaking tight ends kind of down the center of the field. Uh, and then, you know, doing the 2016 chuck it and let your good receiver high point the ball like they did with Parker Washington. I don't know you want him doing that all the time, but that was a great yeah. play. So um, and now for what it's worth, like on deep passes, the first six games, they averaged 10.7 yards per attempt on deep passes. And now just after this game, they're averaging 12.3. So getting separation between the short passes and the long passes in terms of yards gained per attempt is what you want to see. So they have to do it this week. But that was a that was a really nice job by the offense. Yeah. And, you know, the, the added thing to the offense this week was that they used the tight ends and especially Theo Johnson, who. You know, Brian Strange has been great this year, but it always seemed like Johnson was just another step yeah. up athletically, and he just hasn't been. Now he was hurt to start the year, but it just felt like he hadn't been getting the attention he should have been so far. But five for 75 and a touchdown. Tyler Warren comes back from injury. I think he was out a couple of weeks. Has the what, 38, 40, that 38, I think, yeah. yard touchdown catch. Yeah. And Strange actually ended up having the quietest day out of the three mm-hmm. of them, but that's okay. Uh, is this just going to be... Every year at the whiteout, they use the tight ends, and then they go away the rest of the year because that, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what I got out of it was they used them last year against Auburn, didn't use them again, and I'm like, is is that what's gonna happen again? Because it, it felt like the same exact game plan in a sense. Um, use them in the whiteout, don't use them again. I don't know if it's there's like a couple of tight end recruits that come to the whiteout that they're trying to like show this for, but hopefully it continues because. It seems Clifford is more comfortable when those guys are involved. And clearly, you know, they scored 45 points against a defense that was, you know, not elite, but a defense that is good enough to contend in the Big Ten West. And, you know, they put 45 on them. And a lot of that was because of the fact that they used the three tight ends that they have and have been somewhat ignoring the first six games. Yeah, well, you dashed any hopes that I had for for this week that they would they actually think something out. Yeah, that, that's yeah. funny. Um, um, yeah, I'm, that was a good comparison. I just, I'm out of words now. Um, but <laughs> la- last week we talked about how like 
you know, they got 40% of the yards on two plays, right? Mm-hmm. One of those was um, the throwdown, the sideline to Harrison Wallace. The other was the Clifford run. This week they had 295 passing yards, and that came, and half of that came on five completions out of 31, right? So that's they had a 35, 25, 30, 22, and 38, two of those being touchdowns. That's way better, right? Just like yeah. like having that's six, that's 50% of your yards on 16% of your dropbacks. And it was just more consistent. Yeah, like Clifford, I don't care what you say about the the kid in every other game, but he has stepped up in every single whiteout with fan. Well, I, I was thinking about that, him, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Michigan in 2019, Auburn last year, and Minnesota this year. He plays extraordinary. He plays very, very well. Um, and he did it again. And yeah, like a lot of tight end usage, right? 2019, I guess it was a lot of KJ Hamler usage, but still. Yeah. Um, great job by him. He, he This morning we found out that he won the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, and it's extremely mm-hmm. well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I actually I uh, I missed the whole intro booing thing because the the beer lines are insane. So <laughs> I was in the concourse for that, but uh, you know that was just, I, you know, that was such like like a knee jerk reaction off of last week. And you know, this is something we talked about when we did the recap, and even something Tyler and I elaborated more on in the preview was, I, I don't know how the hell you watched that game against Michigan. And your first instinct mm-hmm. after it was, I'm going to boo Sean Clifford when they put his name on the Jumbotron. And I don't know. I, I think it's a lot of freshmen trying to be edgy. You know, you see that you go to a game. I know I don't think you've been to a home game yet this year, but mm-hmm. you can tell who the freshmen are because they have the 15 jersey that actually says Aller on the back of it. And, you know, I think most of this nonsense comes from them. And, you know, it, it's like you don't understand everything here that's gone on. And I, after he did the interception, I was like, oh, God, because like it got worse with the booing. I was just sitting there. And for him to come back, and I, I think he went, what, nine, 19 out of 26 or something like that for 277 and four touchdowns after the interception. Like, he I, he heard them, I think. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he took it to heart maybe a little here, and it, it benefited them. So if you booed him, maybe you helped Penn State win this game. I don't know. It's still a really stupid thing to do. If you want to boo Franklin for how they played last week, okay. But I, him, I don't understand. Uh, the, I get I get people are fatigued with him maybe because it's been so long, but I, I don't understand hating someone who came back. You know, he, I think it was a mutual thing for him to come back. He could have maybe gone on. I'm not saying the NFL. I think he could have gone and done other things, though. And he came back, and... And he's played through cracked ribs before, and he's gone up after every yeah. hit he took last year against Michigan and put them in a position to win that game before the defense, you know, had a breakdown. And I, I just don't understand that stuff because um, he clearly doesn't hate the school. He's been here for six years. He clearly doesn't hate the fans. He doesn't hate the team. He's putting everything he has into it. Yeah. So don't boo him because his coaches kind of screwed up last week. I know he's not great. He's not you know, Stroud, who we'll see this week, but it, it, it could be worse. And I think people forget how much they were crying for him after watching Taquan Rovers in the second half against oh Iowa God. last year. Yeah. So yeah. that's all I'll say on that. I just, I didn't get it. It was stupid. And, you know, I hopefully, I don't think it will happen again, but hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. I had the audacity last week to say that he played comparable to JJ McCarthy, which got a bunch <laughs> of comments on our, on the, but like, yeah. I, I mean, the, the point that I was making last week, and I agree with you, that it was not his game 
that he he did not lose that game last week, right? They're they're he didn't give up 400 yards on the ground, right, and play five guys in the box. Now, like there, you know, lots of it, lots of things went into that, and there's a, it's a highly multivariate uh, kind of equation. But mm-hmm. yeah, don't boo the kid. He's 24 years old. He like like you said, boo Franklin. Um, making seven million dollars a year, if you want, and like that comes with the job. But I, I am never one for calling out kids directly and booing individuals, especially like when they're being announced as the starter. Like, yeah, it is, you know, Corey Geiger or whatever said, Oh, it's classless, and it kind of is, but again, it's not the whole fan base. There, there's a subset of people that will do that. Um, and just don't be that person, right? No, I, I, I think you know, they had. I want to say close to a hundred recruits at that game. You know, what kind of message are you sending when you're booing the freaking starting quarterback? And there's now, I, I don't think, I think I saw Jaden Davis didn't make it the, the number one or number yeah. two quarterback in the 24 class. And, you know, but Smolik was there, yeah. the the 23 commit. Yeah. And like, what kind of message are you sending there by, and I'm sure Smolk is sitting there like, oh, well, Sean Clifford threw for 295 yards and four touchdowns and they booed him. Like, he's like, well, what, like, what do I have to do for that, you know, to not happen? Like, you know, you don't understand kind of the, the side effects doing those kind of things could happen. Now I'm not saying Smolk's going to decommit because of that, because I, I doubt that, but I'm just, you know, putting that out there that, you know, there's that added aspect. It just doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to do that kind of stuff. I don't know, man. Tulane's hot. They're ranked now, so you never know. You know, <laughs> yes, that's the place that's he decommitted from. So, yeah. and uh, Iowa is in complete shambles. So, I don't know. Like, he's not going to decommit. Please no. don't take any more than I. You know, like, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I don't know. Just don't do that. Nobody's showing up to their class and doing that when they get like an eighty or seventy or whatever a bad grade is for yeah. these kids, you know. And I don't know. I just I hate that. I hate the yeah. personal aspect of it for college athletes. Right? Don't yeah. do that. You know, it's funny when you're 300 feet away from them and there's 5,000 people between you and them, it's easy to boo. But then, you know, put them in the classroom together and it's probably like, uh, it's yeah. like, can I get a picture? You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. that, it turns into that and it's nonsense. So, yeah. and when it's on Twitter, you yeah. know, when it's on Twitter, it's uh, even a million times yeah. worse, right? People are willing yeah. to say whatever the hell they want, and it's it's yeah, it's not good. Anyway, defense yeah. defense was interesting, right? I think playing uh, Carter and Jacobs at the same time, they combined for mm-hmm. about 20, I think twenty two tackles or something like that. Yeah, Jacobs played a lot faster than I thought he did last week. There were times where he looked hesitant. Maybe you know there was so much on his plate because Michigan has a very good run scheme going, and this week he I think he played more with confidence and he made a lot of more. Sure tackle. So that was good to see because he played up to what we've come to expect of him this week. And with him and Carter on the field together, I mean, they're at a totally different level on the defense. And, you know, they did it without Chop Robinson, too, who yeah. I don't know what the deal was, had not heard a single word about that all week. So hopefully that's not long term because they'll need him against Ohio State. But I thought even without him, the defense played really well. You know, they the touchdowns they gave up were like whatever, you know, like it was already – the one was the first half one uh, that what they had the third and eight on Minnesota's own, like eight or seven, whatever yeah. it was. And the kid threw like the pass of his life that was yeah. nearly on guard. Like there was good coverage. Like there was, That's... he dropped it right in there. There was nothing you could really do about that. And they went down and scored on that drive. But other than that, you know, Penn state's defense was pretty much in control. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like the, uh, the Auburn game too, where the offense sputtered right away. And then all of a sudden you find yourself where 
the other team's down at, you know, inside the red zone and they stiffened up and got the field goal. And after that, when they don't score a touchdown, you feel pretty good about the game going forward. And I thought I kind of got that same feeling from this as I did after they got that stop in Auburn to start the game. I agree. And yeah, that one, I mean, the, the one pass, like before the end of the half, it, it was very reminiscent of Auburn where, you know, against Auburn, they had them like third and 18, third and 22, mm-hmm. and they still gave yeah. up big plays, right? Or whatever. And like in, in every case, it was really good defense by the cornerback or, you know, the, the nickelback, whoever is guarding. So stuff happens, right? But yeah, right. I, I think all in all, um, they, they had a bounce back against Michigan. So I wrote about this too. Against against the Wolverines, they only had one pass breakup, seven tackles for loss, and one sack. Um, this week, they they still had seven tackles for lock and one sack, but they had six pass breakups in the interception. So mm-hmm. you know, really, like I don't know, like the Minnesota threw not so many passes. Obviously, we talked about mm-hmm. Mo Ibrahim being kind of the the guy there, but like. Um, they had 22 passes and, and seven like disruptive plays on 22 passes is really good. So it's just one of these things where you let the cornerbacks who are the best players on the defense, right? Joey Porter mm-hmm. and Caleb King and I don't know, like Daquan Hardy even and Johnny Dixon, like you let them guard people yeah. and they're going to make good things happen. Right. And you put them in space like they did against Michigan where they're 18 yards away from anybody and less good things happen. So I, I hope, you know, the Minnesota receivers are not Jackson Smith and Jigba <laughs> and Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. And, you know, so we'll see how it goes this weekend. But uh, letting them play was was a really good benefit this week, and it paid off. Yeah, I don't know. The, the whole team in general just seemed to play a lot more freely, I guess is, is the best way to put it. There was, you know, a lot more confidence, and I get it. You know, there's a big difference playing – at home in the White House and playing at Michigan, obviously. And obviously Minnesota and Michigan are not. They might be built a little, you know, the same in what they want to do on offense and so forth. But talent-wise, mm-hmm. they're not even close. You know, like uh, Tyler and I talked about the, the average star rating of the Minnesota defense was like a .6999, which is equivalent to a two-star. So, you know, the t- talent-wise, it was not close. Uh, and the scoreboard finally indicated that. Um, you know, Clifford got his revenge for 2019, I guess, if we want to play that card. Um, but, yeah, overall, I just I just thought it was a, a freer effort. And, you know, the offensive line, too, dealt with some guys banged up. I think both Wormley and Wallace left. And, uh, you know, like Efner came in and played good. And then Vega, Ione. The uh, true freshman actually came in at guard yeah. and played a little bit. And so, you know, a lot of guys played and a lot of guys played well, which was good. So the offensive lines, you know, quietly getting a little deeper maybe too, which is nice because, you know, Big Ten plays physical and they're already dealing with Tangwell banged up. And now it looks like Wallace is banged up. So, you know, getting a little depth there certainly helps too. Um, some of these guys need to come back this week, right? So Chop Robinson – Kevon Lee warmed up, but then didn't play, I guess. I, you know, I think that was an indication of the score too. But he didn't Um, dress in the game. I thought, I thought he warmed up and then was on the, that no, he did warm up. And like, even the Penn state football Twitter account tweeted it out about him. And then like, by the time kickoff came, he was back in street clothes. So Tangwall, him, Chop Robinson, warmly Wallace, like you need all of these guys this week. Um, Ask me uh, all hands on deck for this. But, yeah, you know, just really quick on the whole Lee thing. Uh, 
you know, people always ask, well, why doesn't the fresh the freshman always play at every other position? And <laughs> Penn State's running back depth has kind of turned into, unfortunately, the downside of when you play the younger guys because yeah. Ford and Holmes bounce. And then, you know, you didn't know if Lee transferred or what. Turns out he's hurt. Um, and now they're down to two scholarship running backs. And look, they're playing the best too. But unfortunately, in the era of the portal, what happens is when you play the younger guys, your depth kind of disappears. And that's what Penn State is going to right going through right now with just two healthy scholarship running backs. So that that is not ideal, but you know, they survived this week. Obviously, Ohio State's a physical team, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But yeah, that this that is the downside of the portal at times. Noah Kane could still be on this team, right? Like yeah. he plays. I mean, yeah, they right. could have seven four-star running backs on the team, but yeah, so right now we have two, maybe with Kevon Lee coming back. And Tank, Tank Smith, though. Don't forget about yeah. that. Everybody's favorite. Um, at least Dev Ford, though, I don't know. Like, he's still on campus, right? And he's finishing. A, he didn't – he's not on the team, but he conceivably could be back on the team if absolutely necessary. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know how they do that. I, I don't know if they have, like, a final, you know, off your off thing. I, I don't know how it works. Because you're not adding – you're not adding, like – anybody else on scholarship at this time of year either. So I don't know. Right. But, yeah. You can. And that, and that's just like saying stupid shit, but like, um, <laughs> at least he's not gone. He didn't leave the school. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Uh, I do like the way they're rotating Allen and Singleton. Now it kind of seems like when things aren't moving well on offense, they go to Allen to try to grind out yeah. the yards and, and you know, he played well. He had some nice cuts, ran over a couple guys. He did, and, yeah. And then it's like when they start to get some momentum going, they want to go to Singleton, kind of looking for the big play. And, you know, he yeah. had the two long touchdown runs. And, you know, something we talked about too, they they set up a screen for him that went for what? like That was good. 18, was yeah, 18, 20 play. yards, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So they were creative and they gave Singleton different ways to get the ball, which was nice. Got him out in space where he belongs. And, you know, overall, I just really like the running back rotation because I feel like these two guys complement each other well. And honestly, it's just year one of – three years of these two guys so that's that's awesome they tried in the first drive or two some weird pitch thing that they need to retire i don't know if you went back and watched the game but it was like a i saw that yeah it wasn't a well-developed play so (laughs) so let's let's take that one back to the drawing board but the the screen was awesome and then by the time they got to like you said yeah the second half it really opened up for singleton and they had those two big runs right and Mm -hmm. um, but maybe that's maybe that's it like when you're you're getting some momentum. You, you go to Singleton, you play a little more up-tempo, the defense is on their heels, and then he could start beating guys off the edge and downhill too, right, that way, yeah. where when everybody's fresh and things are going slowly, they're not quite at that level yet. So I have a very, very astute opinion by you. Yeah, there's something I picked up because, you know, Singleton started the game, and they kind of struggled the first couple drives, and then I noticed Allen came in, and yeah. that's when they started to move the ball a little. Now it wasn't all just him, Clifford, you know, made some nice – throws and the receivers make great plays but it, it does seem like they have a formula then if it's not working what they want to go to and you know props to them for figuring out how to rotate these two guys six seven mm-hmm. games into their careers so good sean clifford there. zero carries this week too which is something yeah you know he was i guess banged up i mean game day called him a game time decision i noticed um he had a black glove on i i can't recall him ever really wearing a glove if it was like not freezing it was cold too though yeah i mean it was kind of it was it was comfortable i guess so i don't know if that was something or not um but yeah so i hope he was good enough to 
have one of his, I don't know, top five performances of his career, I put it up there with. So, you know, I don't know, not hurt enough. I, you know, we always talk about, we don't want a repeat of Illinois last year. If he's hurt, don't play him. But clearly, I guess he was okay here. (laughs) So I, statistically, I think this is his third best big 10 game behind the 59, nothing Maryland game in 2019. And then the 2020 Illinois game. So uh, I forgot that was the last game of the year. Yeah, yeah. and like nobody yeah. cares about 2020, right? But if you, right, if you right. take that out, then this is his second best game. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, really good. good. I mean, yeah. and coming back from one of his worst too last week. Yeah. So that's that's important. The bounce back bit and going from like you know bottom to damn near as good as you've ever been is a really important thing. And like you know, I don't know. That just speaks to his character, right? Like his ability right. to like tune out all the stuff with being booed and with, you know, God knows what, I don't know how he looks on social media, but that's gotta be a cesspool. Um, he's a good, he's a good person, right? And he's yeah. doing his best for this team and for this university. So cut him some slack. Yeah. Works. Yeah. All right. So we will be back later in the week with a big Ohio state preview uh, because I guess more or less Penn State season will ride on this game. If they win, they still technically have a chance to make the Big Ten championship. If they lose, you know, you start, I guess, playing for the Orange Bowl, which is fine. But so, yeah, big one this weekend. We'll be back to uh, preview it. I guess no Minnesota fans are going to be finding this video. Um, that's unfortunate, uh, I guess. But Just Penn put, State Michi- put Michigan in the, right. in the I, header I, or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to do that because – yeah, Michigan fans like us or hate us, but like to watch us, but hate us. I don't something like that. So for what it's uh, worth for any Michigan fan who does pick this up, you people are becoming <laughs> the most insufferable group of people I've ever run into in my life. I don't, I don't know what the smoke detector comments were about. Um, I, I don't remember. I somebody like was there was text messages. I think somebody was getting texts or whatever. Like, but whatever. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> I thought I, was, I, I, I don't know what it see. was. But, I work with we're up to two thousand views on that video. I mean, come on, and it's all like hate views, but whatever. Yeah, good for that. All right, well, we will see you later in the week for the big preview. Penn State bowl eligible now at six and one. So uh, we will talk then.